Hey, this is Chris. Before we get to the show, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is our way of we record podcasts. Fantastic. Let me tell you why. It's easy. It's free. There are creation tools that we can record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on such um, providers as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast and so much more. Check out Anchor, and you can find it all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, it's a fantastic way of creating your first podcast and making it work. Man, it is 2021, and Joe, I feel like 2020. I mean, it's the same thing. I, everyone was promising me that 2021 would be like heaven on earth and everything would be fine, but it's not. But we're here, we're, and we're going to get through today, Steelers podcast, and kind of an interesting game yesterday. The Steelers went to Cleveland. They played the Browns. The game didn't mean much to Pittsburgh. I mean... If Buffalo would have lost, they could have gotten the third seed if they won. But Buffalo's on a, a, a tear right now. My goodness. So Buffalo wins. Uh, the Steelers lose. Steelers didn't dress their four captains. They ended up staying home. And there was a couple other guys that missed the game. And I'll tell you, I hate losing the Browns, but we're going to be optimistic. Right? Because other than the fact they lost to the Browns, which I hate, I thought it was pretty good. So, Joe, how are you today? I'm doing all right, given that, uh, you know, it's a Steelers loss. And so far, our record uh, is uh, we, we are we have no wins for this entire decade so far. Oh, yes. Uh, other yeah. than that, uh, I think I'm doing OK. Well, so you're starting a decade at 2021. Because I think yeah, aren't just some people would say right. 2021. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't start with zero. It starts with one. OK. Sounds good. We are live a on a standing argument. Yes, definitely. New starts. Yeah. We are live in a couple different places. If you have any questions or comments, we're Steelers fans. I'm a journalist. I don't cover the Steelers on a regular basis. We'll do our best. We kind of approach this more as fans. We're not insiders. We weren't in the locker room after the game. But we'll, we'll try to have fun. So if you have a comment, leave it for us. Just be nice. We're trying our best. It's all good. But, yeah, Steelers podcast, like I said, 24-22 is a loss. And I tell you, at the start of the game, Nick Chubb had, like, a long touchdown run. And I'm like, oh, geez, we're going to lose 40 to nothing or whatever. But, you know, hey, they looked pretty good. Um, Kind of like briefly kind of go over positions. I don't want to put too much stock because there was a ton of backups playing. Uh, the Browns had some backups. The Steelers had a lot more. Sure. But it is still the game was the game, and we're talking about what, yeah. it, what it was we saw and what happened. So uh, I they are the you. ones who played the game. Mason Rudolph, you know, played. Um, and, you know, first of all, you know, I think he's a free agent at the end of the year. I mean, the Steelers are going to have to make a decision. So although the game didn't mean a whole heck of a lot to the Steelers, it didn't mean a whole heck of a lot to Mason Rudolph. And I got to say, if you base it just on yesterday's game, which you shouldn't, I'm not completely sold on Mason Rudolph as a franchise quarterback, but I'm not ready to kick him to the curb either. I thought he did some nice things. I mean, I might, I wasn't in love with him after yesterday, but he wasn't too bad. Well, particularly if we're going to be sticking with uh, Ben for another season, which he's made right. comments that he was he wants to stay. Uh, Mason Rudolph is a very serviceable backup quarterback, almost the way Charlie Batch was uh, back in the day, because he plays a lot of the same way that Ben does, and it and right. it makes sense to keep a quarterback that can keep that kind of rhythm and keep that system together. Uh, I, what was it last season when? Um, uh, the the Purple Browns went out and picked up RG3 in order to have a backup for Lamar. I mean, you need, how else are you going to find a guy who plays the way that Lamar does? You're, that's what a backup needs to be, a guy who can step in. Not necessarily your next franchise quarterback, but the guy who plays your system. And that's what Mason Rudolph is. And he plays it pretty well. He did a, 
a solid job yesterday, especially after he settled in uh, and got some of those starting jitters out. Um, he hasn't started in a year. Uh, once he once he finally started settling in and, and ranging his passes well, uh, he, he dropped some really good passes in there. Yeah, and I think there is a couple of caveats, though. The Browns, you can never call them a great defense this year, and the Browns were without Denzel Ward. Now, I'm hearing some reports, and this makes me nervous. The rematch that we'll talk about at the end of the podcast is on Sunday night, and they're saying it's quite possible that Denzel Ward could be cleared to play by Sunday night. But I, I still think even with Denzel Ward, the Browns' secondary isn't that great. And without Denzel Ward, the Browns secondary is really not great. So I think Rudolph was kind of helped a little bit by a porous Brown secondary. But I like the throws he made. He threw it down the field. And, you know, we've talked about this for that past couple of weeks with Big Ben. I mean, for the students that have success, you kind of stretch the field a little bit, prove that you can throw it down the field. It opens up things underneath. So, again, secondary of the Browns wasn't that great, but I thought he – played the game plan great with how the Steelers are going to win the rest of the year. So I, I, I think you said serviceable. I mean, I, again, I wouldn't say, oh, man, give him a humongous contract, but serviceable is good. I, I think the second concern, though, is the NFL quarterbacks are hard to find. Good quarterbacks are. I don't think Mason Rudolph's going to get a $30 million a year contract from somebody. Well, but I think it's cool. But it's quite possible he's going to get more of a contract than the Steelers really want to pay unless Big Ben retires. You know, or Big Ben says, hey, I'm going to another team, which he's not going to do. I, I think you might lose him just based on that. Because you can't give Mason Rudolph 15, 20 million a year to be your backup. No, not. Uh, I'm not really there's not very many. There's plenty of teams that use a, a better quarterback than they have. But I don't know if Mason Rudolph is that quarterback for very many of those teams. Well, you know I think I think there are other options that they're gonna. You know, there's a couple right. of good quarterbacks coming up. Uh, I think there's a lot of people gonna be rather take that route than uh, drop several million on Mason Rudolph. Well, but I think with the, I, I agree with you. I don't think Mason Rudolph is your top tier most sought-after free agent. But the way the quarterbacks are is teams usually sometimes overvalue or sit there and say, oh, man, we really need a quarterback. Let's go after Mason Rudolph. And I'll be honest with you, too. Even if somebody were to offer Mason $8 million a year or $10 million a year, you know, not a high-ranging contract, can the Steelers with their salary cap issue match that? And even if they do match it, would they may say, well, there might be some better places we can allocate that money on our team. So that's what I'm saying. I mean, I, I think Mason as a backup is good. I'm not sure if they're going to be able to give the money that makes sense for them to give him to be a backup compared to, like, let's say some crappy team out there that just is a quarterback, period. Right. And, and you're right. There may not be a ton of starting quarterback needy teams, but, hey, quarterbacks are hard to find. You never know. Sometimes – People overpay, especially if there's injuries and stuff like that. Yeah, somebody goes down and somebody starts scrambling. Uh, then, then he his his value definitely goes up as an experienced quarterback. Here's my hope. Now, again, I'm not going to bring up conspiracy theories or anything else, but you know, Ben was struggling for a couple of weeks. Ben had a great second half against the Colts. I'm thinking. I was thinking about this over the weekend. Uh, you look back at the first Bengals game. Um, ben was close with Vance McDonald. Vance McDonald has COVID. Ben had to sell like what five days. He didn't practice because McDonald had COVID. So in essence, he didn't practice at all before the Bengals game. Well, he threw like crazy during a driving rainstorm. The Steelers won big. I'm thinking, I'm not saying Ben's going to throw 100 touchdowns on Sunday night, but I think you're going to see a good Ben Roethlisberger on Sunday night because he's rested. You know, a little rest does him good. And to have a whole week off, I think that's going to help if you compare it to the way he performed against the Bengals. However, let's say the worst happens. Ben throws like he did the first half against the Bengals. I'll tell you one thing. I wouldn't say Mason Rudolph's going to lead you to the Super Bowl, but after the way that Mason performed, if things go haywire, if Ben forgets to complete a pass, I'm more comfortable tapping Mason on the shoulder and saying, hey, help us get through the Browns. So 
that was another good sign to sell from that game yesterday. If that's a scenario you believe in, then yes, I can say that that right. scenario would be bolstered by what we saw yesterday. Uh, Mason handled his business. He was able to read what the Browns were doing and be able to place the ball where he needed to place it. Uh, yeah, if that's a scenario you believe no, in, I, I don't think that, that's quite that, that would be supported by what you saw yesterday. Yes, I, that wouldn't be a disastrous option. Right. I don't see it happening, but... Right, right. You're, but you're right. I think that uh, what we saw yesterday means that something like that could be possible. Like Mason understands what we are seeing with the Browns right now. Right. Yeah, I think the Browns defense is porous. And I think especially if Denzel Ward doesn't come back, I think you got a lot better chance of Ben carving up the Browns like crazy. But I, I guess what I'm saying is back in the bad days, a couple weeks back, I think part of the reason why we didn't want to play you know, Ben's Big Ben, because we said, crap, what's going to happen with Mason Rudolph? Is he equipped or anything? And I thought he looked good. I like the fact that they have a little bit more depth in the quarterback room, where sometimes you're like, oh, is it going to be that? Well, yeah, here's I, the- I, that was definitely, he performed much better than I expected him right, to. Right. I'll, I'll say that. Uh, hats off to Mason Rudolph. He did well in that game. Uh, I think the, uh, the the pass for the the two point conversion was ill advised. It was into triple coverage, and I don't even know how he saw the Steelers receiver. I don't remember yeah. who he was passing to, but uh, he was totally covered. Uh, there, but he was, he was rushed. So I, I mean, you, yeah. you do what you got to do. But um, yeah, hats off to the Browns defending that pretty well and leaving us two points right. behind. And maybe a better example is I, I think it's ridiculous to think Big Ben's go completely fall apart on his face. But I guess maybe a better example would be let's say he gets hurt, he can't play at all. I'm not as freaked out if he has to leave the game and Mason Rudolph comes running in as it would have been maybe two weeks ago. I'll put there maybe that's go. a better example to put it that way. There you go. We hadn't seen Mason in a, in a really long right. time. Like, right? I don't know. Has he played this season? Did he come in for like one series? Yeah, there were, uh, there were a couple games where Ben actually left early when the Pittsburgh had a big lead. He uh, would come yeah. in and mop up. I think he threw only a couple passes, a lot of handing off. Um, he had that series against Dallas. Remember when Big Ben got hurt at the end of the first half where he had to come oh, in and yeah, play yeah, and yeah. drive. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I think that was before. I mean, nothing in a meaningful – you know, win or loss situation. It was just more in a mop up ward, uh, you know, sub in for Big Ben when he was hurt for like a Here we got to see him when he, when the pressure was on and the clock's ticking down and we saw him do what he can do. And it wasn't, it wasn't embarrassing. (laughs) Here's the other thing. And I got to say, I did watch the game. I got a little distracted. I was watching kids at the time. I was dealing with one of the kids. And I look away, and I look back, and this is like early second quarter, and I see Josh Dobbs running in the game. I'm sitting here like, what? Did Mason get hurt? What's happening? Didn't realize this, but the Steelers didn't tell anybody. They actually did a Josh Dobbs kind of package that they played a little bit. I thought it was kind of interesting. In the press conference after the game, Mike Tomlin, and it's probably gamesmanship. You know, coaches are going to say stuff to trick the other teams. Dobbs said you might see that package a little bit in the playoffs. Now, again, not in a way where Dobbs is going to get significant playing time, but another thing for people to look at when you get near the goal line. And I'll tell you, sometimes the Steelers near the goal line offensively, especially recently, have struggled a little bit. So Mm -hmm. I thought it was interesting. Dobbs, the stats say he threw five times. I didn't know if he threw it five times, but they say it was like four for five for two yards. So that's been a lot of short, dumb passes or, you know, like the – I, I don't think, he wasn't throwing the ball down the field at all. But he had – Yeah, I think it was mostly – I think it was mostly, you know, like second down, that type of stuff. It wasn't yeah. – it was it was change of pace stuff. It was, oh, yeah. uh, it was just throw in a wrinkle here and there just to – just to keep uh, the the defenses honest, so that they're not camping out on whatever it's. And I found stuff like that to be a real, real uh, a comfort to me. Uh, so much of what uh, Fickner's been uh, tagged with as being so predictable, I, I I think it was a positive thing to me to see how many times they were purposefully trying to change up what they're doing. So that they're throwing some wrinkles into the into the mix. Uh, I, 
the you know the, it's pretty obvious that Fiedner had been predictable, um, right. especially during those couple of a couple of weeks where the Steelers struggled with just only doing dump passes, right. uh, short passes was the only thing that they could do, and uh, yeah, the and on the opposing teams were camping out on it, and so it was nice to see him actually making. Uh, making decisions that was changing up the look, change, put in Dobbs for a couple of plays. Uh, I even think they made a concerted effort to try to establish their run game a little bit better. Yeah. Um, it didn't blow the doors off the place. I don't even remember what they ended up with for rushing yards for the game, but it was not a lot. Um, yeah, they were at least attempting it, which makes the defense have to look at it differently, even if it's not successful. Uh, sometimes part of playing the game is uh, uh, is throwing different things at a defense so that it opens up other things on other downs. Well, it was kind of interesting. Dobbs had one carry for 13 and another carry for seven. And, you know, Tomlin pretty much said, and again, if we talked about this a week ago, I mean, I think even when Paul and I were doing this all year, Josh Dobbs maybe came up once in the whole year. So obviously Josh Dobbs wasn't a hot topic of discussion for anything. But if Dobbs is active for the playoffs – it might be a nice wrinkle in a short yardage situation that students have had trouble in, goal line situation, where you bring a Dobbs in. And, again, it's not he's not Michael Vick in his heyday or anything else, but he might be a spark where the students have had struggles with. So um, what do you think about that in the playoffs? And the other thing to think about, too, is you can use three quarterbacks in the playoffs, but that's something Tomlin never likes to do. So if you dress Dobbs in the playoffs – if you don't dress Mason Rudolph, if something happens to Ben, Dobbs is your quarterback, you could dress three quarterbacks. Tom usually doesn't like to do that because it means you can't dress somebody else. I mean, do you can you see them dressing Dobbs on Saturday and I mean I'm sorry, Sunday, and if hopefully you get by Sunday, you know, in the next round of the playoffs, do you think that's a possibility? I think that's a real tough call to make when you are so depleted in the linebacker core and on the defense as a whole, how, right. how do you justify using one of those slots for a third quarterback when your first quarterback is Ben Roethlisberger? Uh, I, I just don't, I don't, I don't see them having the, having the, the free room to, to dress somebody like Dobbs. I don't know if Dobbs is useful enough. He's not Taysom Hill uh, right. where you, where <laughs> Taysom Hill's, uh, uh, on uh, kickoff returns and uh, everything else. Dobbs is not that guy. You don't want Dobbs doing that. Um, so I just don't know if there's going to be the room. I, I like him throwing that out there. I think it's a bit of gamesmanship. I love that about Tomlin. He likes to throw things in there. That right. might seem a little bit absurd just to make people think about it. Also, I think you you have to use Dobbs a little bit if you are at all considering not picking up Mason Rudolph uh, in the off season, if you're at all considering not letting, not paying him or uh, the possibility that he might leave, you need to get Dobbs in there to look at him. Game speed. Right. Right. Uh, well, so that's, that's also a value in a last game of the season. You're evaluating everything and people's readiness for the playoffs. We're evaluating that they're fit for future years. So, well, I think the only tough thing about that is, unfortunately, and it, that was the bad thing about not having a, a preseason this year, he did come in, but I wish he would have thrown the ball down the field. I, I'm curious. Can, can you throw it down the field at all? And not to say he couldn't, but they were using more in situational where it was short passes or sprint outs or something like that. Um, you know, the other thing, too, Joe, is interesting. I, I think – Part of the, a decision on Dobbs or anything else, like you said, is basically who's available. I mean, they had to kind of throw guys in and out. They had, like, Javon Elliott playing linebacker. And he actually played good. I heard him mention a couple times. But I'm sitting here like, wow, I I know these guys are with the Steelers, but I'm surprised to hear their names being mentioned in regular season games. That's so, what we're getting right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I'm wondering if it's going to depend, too, on who, who's going to be available. Um I didn't hear his name at all, and I'm trying to figure out if he got any playing time. I was hearing Robert Spillane was going to be available, and I heard he may have been active. 
but I don't think he played Sunday. I didn't hear his name or see him out there at all. So, I don't remember hearing his name at all. That doesn't mean he wasn't out there. Yeah, and, and I think, man, him coming back is going to be crucial. I, I think Avery Williamson's good, but, you know, having those guys back. So getting back to Dobbs, I, I think part of that's going to depend on who's out there. And maybe if they're so depleted they need an extra body, you might as well put Dobbs out there. Who knows? And to your point, too, hopefully Ben doesn't get hurt, but if it's Ben that never usually comes out, maybe you make Dobbs a number two quarterback, you know, just so you can have that speed option. It's a wild risk. It's a wild gamble, but it'd be, I don't know, it'd be interesting. I think that's one of the things that's going to be interesting to follow as this week um, goes on, you know, until Sunday. Um, like you said, running, we're not going to win the Super Bowl with running. I, I hate to say it. I love running. <laughs> I, I would love them to go back to the Jerome Bettis and Franco Harris days, but those days are long gone for a multitude of reasons. I think uh, Connor finished, according to my stats, nine for 37, which wasn't bad. And I think it kind of gets into what we were talking about last week where, you know, maybe he's not a hundred percent healthy, maybe, but I think if they use him in a limited basis, he actually be effective. And I thought he was productive. I don't think he won you the game, but he definitely didn't lose you the game. He had some hard runs. Um, and, you know, the rest of the guys, they ran for 85 yards as a team. The broadcasters said this year the Steelers have only averaged 86 yards a game. Then they threw in the fact that there's never been a Super Bowl team that's won with 86 yards rushing per game. And I get that, but, you know, we've said this. If the Steelers go win the Super Bowl, you know, they got to win four straight games starting this week. Yeah. And- Ben's guy have to throw like crazy for four straight weeks. It's possible. Yes. Am I going to bet all my money on it? No, but it's definitely possible. We'll see. But, but they're not going on the right I think, I think it even starts off on a good upswing. Uh, yeah. I don't want to be so supremely confident because the Browns have a good team. They won a lot of games this year, and they are in the playoffs for the first time in a long time, and they are a Browns team that is not embarrassing the way that they have been for a really long time. So I, that's my props for the Browns. They are not embarrassing like they have been. But you said but they are really- a beatable team for the Steelers right. next week. They could have won this game yesterday, and they did not play a large percentage of their starting uh, core. Uh, so it's next week is a definitely winnable game and a good game to get the Steelers back on track. Like we like we were talking about, there was that bad, yeah. bad, bad streak, and we had one good half. So we have the opportunity to use the Browns game as a way to get ourselves back up to speed completely for a whole game instead right. of just a half a game, uh, and then be ready for somebody that very likely could end up being uh, the the Ravens the week after that. That's why I picked the Steelers one by three. I knew it was going to be kind of rough sledding without Big Ben. I mean, Mason played good, but, you know, it wasn't, you know, consistently like Big Ben usually is. And But I'll tell you, I think, like I said last week, I think the Jets got in the Browns' heads. And you would think that, man, this is a must-win game. It's emotional. People are sobbing the stands because their team hasn't been in the playoffs in 18 years. You thought they would make a statement. And I'm not talking about fights or anything. I'm just talking about – dominated the team where in the fourth quarter the series like oh man we don't know what to do we're getting hammered here and they did not dominate at all i mean yeah. i if we were a browns podcast i mean yeah we'd be happy because of the playoffs but man it would be depressing because yeah it just wasn't good and yeah we'll talk about this when we pick the game i mean I, Steelers have got a definite opportunity here now i was at the jacksonville playoff game when David Gerard made billions of dollars because he played ball against the Steelers. And I watched the Jacksonville game in the playoffs where, you know, we had Ben and Bell and AB and we were going to stomp all over Jacksonville and we lost like, what was it? 45, 42. So I'm feeling good about this game, but I think back to games like that. I'm like, Oh, you get a little nervous, but Hey, we're Steelers fans. We should be nervous. So it's good. We should be. Um, a Steelers fan, I think. Yeah, I think it's better oh, than than a lot of other of other teams, even the ones that have been humiliatingly bad. Yeah. Uh, I think at, at a certain level, you just sort of wear that for a while. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm mostly a Cleveland sports fan. Uh, I gave up on the Browns a long time ago, 1998. 
So that's when I jumped over to being a Steelers fan. Uh, and that was not a good era to jump over to be a Steelers fan either. I just like the way that they play because we've been paying sure. attention to them so long. Uh, uh, so I'm used to, you know, embarrassingly long droughts of championships. You know, I'm, I'm still a, a Cleveland Indians fan for as long as they are the Indians this next season. Uh, I, I was a Cavs fan uh, on and off. There's a certain level to which it's not fun to, I don't know when, when, when LeBron left and uh, all of that happened, I was still hanging on for a while. Uh, but then eventually it just feels like they're not even playing in the same league. Cause they get so disrespected, but it's the disrespect that's hard to take. I think as a Steelers fan, it was driving me nuts yesterday uh, when Chubb pulled off that long run. Uh, I saw a tweet about it. The tweet specifically a tweet specifically right. mentioned that Minka Fitzpatrick was the one that got turned around and schooled. Why did the tweet have to mention which player Chubb beat? Who did the tweet come that from? Never, that, that never happens. Why would you go to the It's like they specifically went out of their way to say, oh, Minka Fitzpatrick is supposed to be, supposed to be really good. He got beat on this long run for – that, you don't do that for anybody. You just say Chubb got a long touchdown. Why did, did you they, put the player in there? Did they come from a media member or a, or yeah. a fan? Or, no, oh, it was wow. media. It was media, specifically. It was not. I wouldn't have cared if it was some stupid fan. Uh, it was, but I can't remember. I don't think it was I, CBS. I, but it was something like that, but they specifically mentioned the player that got beat. I thought that's crazy. And then watching the game, Ian Eagle and whoever the other, the color guy was, oh man, I'm just get so tired of the way that the announcers completely disrespect the Steelers regularly and go on and on about how great uh, a Baker Mayfield is when they spent the first half of the season absolutely taking a dump on this guy. And now, oh, he's playing so well. It's so great to see this team have a leader with heart, and he definitely has all the skills that they need. That may be true, but they just are going on and on about a team that was about to miss the playoffs. We're two points away from missing the playoffs and completely not even mentioning the Steelers, who had already secured the AFC North. But but I'm kind of wondering, if, if you're looking for how to sell the game, and if you look at football, you know, for ratings and everything else, everyone knew that game meant next to nothing for the Steelers. I mean, we're fans. We watched it. I wanted to see certain guys play. I enjoyed it. I liked the fact that the Steelers play hard. That made me feel better. Jeez, I haven't gotten to see it yet, but I heard there was an embarrassing thing at the Eagles game, but they pretty much threw out you and me an offense at the end of the game so they can make sure they lose and improve their draft position. So, you know, that's how the Eagles operate when they didn't have anything to play for. The Steelers really didn't have anything to play for, and they played hard, and it was good. But really, for a ratings perspective, you know, are they going to go off on, oh, wow, the Steelers are playing really hard. Man, they're, they're, they're playing good. It's this whole narrative about the Browns. They haven't made the playoffs for 18 years. But, again, I think it would be a better story if the Browns would have kicked the Steelers' butt all over the place. The Browns stunk. The Browns didn't look good. I thought the coaching was terrible. I'm sorry. I love Kareem Hunt. And I'm a Steelers fan. I don't love I love him as a player. I would love him to come to Pittsburgh. I know it's mm-hmm. he's signed for another year. But no, Nick Chubb, you give him the Thank ball, you. what? The Browns will give the ball like 15 times. If I'm the Steelers and Nick Chubb, I'm giving Nick Chubb the ball 25 times a game, no matter what. everything. But the Browns will give the ball to him. Baker Mayfield threw the ball too much. And, yeah, there's been some games where Baker Mayfield's looked amazing. Like you look at that Tennessee game where he threw four touchdowns in the first half. But there were games like yesterday where Baker Mayfield was a complete bleh. You know, he wasn't that great. And I'll tell you, it's going to be interesting looking at Saturday. I mean, if if Baker Mayfield hits lightning a ball, maybe the Browns win on Saturday, I mean, Sunday night. But there's as great of a chance, if not better, that Baker Mayfield's going to be completely trash and the Steelers could win. They could win 45 to 7, instead of 38 to 7. It just. You're right. It was lazy by the announcers, and the Browns didn't back up the excitement from the announcers because other than, oh, they won, we made the playoffs. I mean, 
there's nothing you could say good about the game. I mean, it just really isn't. And if you're out there and you're listening and you're a, a Browns fan, you want to prove me wrong, prove me wrong. Make a comment. We'll do our best to answer it. But my goodness, I didn't see anything supremely redeeming about that. I mean, they shut down Hunt. Chubb had a good game. I don't think, I mean, Baker made the throws he had to make, but Baker wasn't outstanding. I thought the Browns' defense was marginal at best. I think Mason's a good quarterback, but they made Mason look better than he really was because the defense was kind of porous, to be honest. Um, you know, you get back to the Steelers receiving, you know, Chase Claypool. I'll tell you, free Chase Claypool. I heard after the yeah. game, Common was trying to limit his plays because he knew they had playoff running. He wanted Chase to be fresh for the playoffs. Chase was five for one on one, and he was pretty active out there. Probably could have caught a few more. I'm impressed by Chase Claypool. Deontay Johnson had a good game. Uh, I was kind of wondering if he should have been held out just because Deontay needs to stay healthy. Deontay. But you know. Yeah, he's hey, healthy. Hey, Deontay, good. Deontay can be out there making catches is confidence yeah. building. Like he oh, just yeah. needs to make the ball stay in his hands. And he was doing that. There were a couple of passes, you know, uh Rudolph's putting them in, in pretty good spots. And what I liked most was watching uh Rudolph trust the receivers a little yeah. bit more. This was a comment that was made by the by the announcers that I actually believed in. Uh they was doing a little bit more of saying, hey. Claypool's got somebody one-on-one. I'm going to throw it up and you go get it. Yeah. Uh, and I like that when the Steelers play that way. Uh, that little, the dump pass game is not is not trusting the receivers that well. Um, but getting them isolated one-on-one and I'm just going to throw this up and this is on you. Go get it. Yeah. Uh, and Johnson came up big that way. Claypool came up big that way. And Juju was able to be the guy catching the underneath crossing stuff. Uh, you know the kind of stuff that Ward used to get, um, and that 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 was serving the Steelers very well yesterday. Deontay was three for ninety six, and I'm sure Ben was watching at his house. And hopefully, Ben's takeaway from that is saying, "Look, let me make sure this arm's limber, ready to go. Let's start down the field." Because that again, elbow, work it out. Come on. Yeah, and, and again, I I think Mason played well. I still think Ben as best is better than Mason. So I'm feeling pretty good about what Ben can do. And look, you know, Deontay had a bunch of long catches. Chase had a bunch of long catches. Juju was six for 65. I mean, trust your receivers. Hopefully they'll drop balls. And it could be a big night, not just a winning game. But, man, he Big Ben can make some hay on this Browns defense. It's not that good. At all. I mean, I, I thought overall it went well. Even the small things. Vance McDonald, I love Vance McDonald as a blocker. He isn't the receiver he used to be. But, you know, Eric Ebron was out for COVID. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But, you know, Vance, five catches, 33 yards, and that's pretty much what Eric Ebron gives you. Mm-hmm. So nothing was outstanding, but I like the fact he contributed. I like the fact mm-hmm. they were able to throw to the tight end. Now, they may have to do that again on Saturday night. doesn't look like Ebron's going to be ready for this game. Um, but I like that. I like the fact that James Conner caught five passes. Nothing long or outstanding, but I love how that's an option. I love how they can throw to the running back. I love what Conner's doing there. So overall, it was good. I thought they protected Mason Rudolph rather well. I yes. keep seeing these stats from Kevin Dotson, which was a low-round draft pick. Um, he didn't allow any pressures yesterday. I'm sitting here like, I love the fact that I, I know the offensive line isn't perfect. I know they need to address it even free agency in the draft coming up. But I love the fact that, you know, they got a good guy like him late in the draft. So I was encouraged. It, it was a good offensive thing. Mm-hmm. I think we're set up well to start our, our playoff run next week. Yeah. In Pittsburgh. Let's look quick at the defense. Um, Nothing unusual. I mean, you know, they make it, didn't make the play on Nick Chubb. I, I, I'm not worried about that. It happens. I mean, you know, yeah. it's nothing to freak out about. Um, you had guys step up. I thought Alex Heisman had a great game yesterday. And I thought Heisman Alex was the name I kept hearing, kept, kept popping yeah. up. And it was, it was good to, to, to see him contribute and be able to step up in a game like that. Yeah, I was impressed by him. Sean Davis, I, I like the fact that got him to be a backup. I never liked Sean Davis as a starter. Davis had six tackles. He had a big hit on the Browns early in the game that I liked. Avery Williamson had six tackles. 
my buddy Marcus Allen, which I just viciously ripped, just based on the name they gave him, which I feel bad about, but it's it's okay. He had six tackles. He got hurt at the end of the game, but Tom in the press conference said no major injuries. So I, I think you know Marcus Allen's coming back next week. So I'm excited about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mika, look, I love Rod Woodson. I love Troy, you know, Paul Meyer for the Steelers. There were plays, as much as I loved them, as fantastic as they were, they got beat on plays. Did Mika have the greatest play on Nick Chubb? No, but it happens. <laughs> it's okay. And, and if you look at it, you know, they didn't have Cam Hayward. They didn't have T.J. Watt. The other guy, and I used to really rip on Terrell Edmonds, but Terrell Edmonds has quietly been having a pretty good, solid year. Not T.J. Watt-like, but solid where you don't have to worry about him. He wasn't there yesterday either. So give Minka a break. <laughs> I thought uh, he had great, you know, some great pass breakups and everything. Yeah, yesterday wasn't Minka's fall off. I mean, I thought overall it was pretty good. I know that on the sideline, there was a little dust up between two Steelers, I believe, defensive linemen. Uh, yeah, Sean. A little shoving match of Bugs was one of them. And Yeah, Bugs and um, – Oh boy, a seventh round pick this year, and I'm let me look that up. Yeah, I thought I that know, was interesting. Two, you guys were fairly further down on the depth chart, so they're out there fighting for their jobs and their careers. You know, they're, they're out there trying to look good right. so that they can stick around next next season. Uh, and so, you know, it's good to see a little bit of fire in there. You'd like to see it directed a little bit more towards the other team. But it's good that there's a little bit of fire. They were there. They were passionate about what they were doing. It wasn't a total blow-off game, and I think that showed on the field. Yeah, and I saw a screenshot. I guess Tomlin got in a little bit of discussion with Juju um, after that two-point conversion. I mean, the pass went to Claypool. Maybe Juju thought he was more open, and Tom got in and discussed it, and that's good. And Like you said, yeah, you don't want constant bickering and fighting, but look, right. this happened in a game that meant nothing. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it showed that these guys won't play. These guys thought they could come back and win. I like that. And like I said, show that fire. Don't overlook the Browns this Sunday. But I, I'm seeing some good things. I, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. Um, kicking and again, I don't know what's wrong with Chris Boswell. Um, I guess a groin injury is still bothering him. But I thought Matthew yeah. Wright looked pretty good and. I think it's becoming important because I think it might be Matthew Wright next Sunday. I, you know, he had a couple long field goals. And like I said, I'm not, I don't think he's Justin Tucker of the Ravens or anything like that. But hey, I, I think he's proven to be kind of reliable, which is good, especially once you go into playoffs. You just want somebody who's able to kick and able to kick in the cold. That's what yeah. you want. Yeah. That, so we'll we'll see what happens there. I I'm hoping that Boswell's better, and that may be part of the strategy this week. Is to, we've got right, let him kick, uh, let him do it, and rest up a whole another week to be a, that much more ready for playoff time. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, and nothing out of the ordinary. I mean, Jordan Berry. Honestly, I didn't see him do anything spectacular. But I didn't see him do anything terrible. Um, Ray Ray McLeod, he really didn't have anything um, significant kick returns wise. I mean, I like the fact that he, he's definitely proven himself to be better than Ryan Switzer. But no, I overall thought, overall thought it was a good game. Again, I hate the fact they lost. I know I mentioned this during our earlier podcast today, and people looked at me like I was a monster or alien. Do you remember, and you're a little older than I am, there used to be, and I, I was raised, you were raised more toward Cleveland, right? I went to high school in Cleveland, but I lived in Kansas and Florida before then. Okay. There was this thing, and I was, I think it was the early 80s, like for the Steelers. I know you weren't a huge Steelers fan when you were younger, but they used to have like donkey basketball, and they used to have basketball. So in the offseason, the Steelers and Browns would have charity games back and forth. And I think it was like Ozzie Newsom for the Browns at the time and you know, Cliff Stout and stuff like that. Well, yeah. I don't know if I ever personally went to one of the games, 
But I didn't want the Steelers to lose those games. Like if there was a charity poker game where Steelers oh, and Browns yeah. are playing, I don't want the Steelers to lose at all. So I'm not happy about yesterday. I'm so like, oh, my gosh, we lost to the Browns. I mean, I got angry last year. Thank goodness we weren't doing a podcast last year because after that Mason Rudolph, you know, Miles Garrett fight, I was angry. I was ticked off. So I'm not excusing this yesterday. I don't want them to ever lose to the Browns. But I'm, I, I'm feeling a lot better than I thought I would. You know, I, I thought I'd be a little ticked off for the loss, but it's good. Um, and again, they're going to play again on Sunday. First of all, I hate the fact they're playing Sunday. I think it's probably a ratings thing. I don't think there's any super sexy matchups when you look at Wild Card Weekend. Um, you know, Tampa Bay, Washington. I think that's a rivalry like this. So this yeah. is probably your best shot at putting it on Sunday night and getting the best ratings that you can. Right. But I don't want this game to be Sunday night. Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, I've got a podcast to do early the next day. I'm going to be tired. I'm going to be ticked off if somehow the Browns win. Let's play this <laughs> Saturday at 1 p.m. Why not? I mean, <laughs> I'm not. I don't care about respect. If if you're like, oh, why don't you play the Steelers at night? I say no. Let's get over with so I can enjoy the weekend. I don't have to worry about. It. I don't have to sit through five games this weekend before we get to the Steelers and Browns. So. We got to get through five games before we get there, and I'm not watching them all. Um, oh heck no! To be honest about that, uh, you, you can't pay me nothing. I know that sounds terrible. We're football podcasting. We should be like, oh, we're gonna watch every game. You live and die with yeah. every game. I don't. Uh, yeah, I can't. I can't. I can't. Yeah. Well, even in the situation I am in as a Steelers fan, I have to be okay with not being able to visually watch a Steelers game every so often because it's not airing in my region. But you're good. I mean, it's it's playoff time. I was time so relieved. I was so relieved that they were actually Steelers game. Yeah, <laughs> Joe fun. comes from Mississippi, so the game was on local Mississippi TV. Yep, it was played Very on good. CBS. So, uh, you know, they had a couple of other games going on CBS, and it could have been any one of them. And I was uh, thankfully I, the games that meant more to to Saints fans were all later in the day. Yeah. So it didn't, they didn't supersede with us something else that happened to be NFC South. I'm lucky. Um, I'm in Columbus. Obviously, they do a lot more Bengals, Browns. You know, they pick and choose between those guys. But they're usually pretty good. When the Browns play the Steelers, when the Bengals play the Steelers, they usually pick that game to show, no matter if the Bengals are good, bad, or upside down. Same thing with the Browns. So I felt lucky. The fact that the Browns and Steelers are playing, I, I figured they would play them or, or pick that game. I will say, though, I've been disappointed in Columbus. There's been various times where they haven't turned the Steelers down here. And we're in Ohio. We're not in Mississippi. Uh, I don't know. Right. We've got two bad football teams. we got the Browns are very inconsistent. we got the Bengals that I think are kind of making – Less Steelers games in Ohio, which makes me frustrated. So, I don't know. I, I'm considering a move just so I can see more Steelers games. How about that? <laughs> uh, where to move though? That would guarantee them. That's the problem. I will be honest. There was a time in life I, I used to live in Columbus. I moved up to Youngstown for a journalism job, and I didn't mm. move up just because of that. By fact, going. Youngstown, they're going to show Steelers games. And I actually was in the office of where I was interviewing at. I just walked up to the customer when I was waiting for the thing. I wasn't like, tell me about the paper. I'm like, what games do they show? And it took the guy off guard. He's like, oh, I think the Steelers. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> I go I, up there, yeah, I accept the job. Or what it is that you have to do. Yes. Not really. <laughs> the guy's like, oh, you. Uh, just clean toilets. You're not even working oh, on the paper. We'll figure all the rest of that out later. Just, just leave what, me off. What games yeah. are showing on Sunday? And apparently the guy was mistaken because he must have showed Browns games at the time. I'm like, come on. Uh, Youngstown's actually a little closer to Pittsburgh, even though it's in Ohio, but it's tough. But yeah. But I'll tell you now, now again, I'm going to go against the scope. This is on some social networks live. I think I'm actually going to release it this afternoon because the danger is if we wait a couple days, who the heck knows what's going to happen? You There's know, so much more information to come out with COVID, with injuries, yes. with right. Yeah. So let's do this. Let's say it's what? It's shortly before 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on Monday. So if you're listening this later in the, in the week and you're saying, 
ha ha, these guys sat wrong. Again, this is what we know Monday. I, I'm checking my Twitter feed now to make sure that the Steelers aren't all quarantined. Joe, uh, we should check it just to make sure. There's no breaking news about, you know. <laughs> so far this morning. Right. Because, you know, it was interesting. We, you know, Joe Hayden had to miss a game because of COVID. The three guys that missed the game were all at the same kid's birthday party. That's what I heard last night from Instagram. Kids didn't have birthdays. Right. And again, it was a kid's birthday party. It wasn't like they weren't <laughs> doing illegal stuff or anything. Right. And I think, think that's what partly really frustrated Hayden. Not that he didn't want the kid's birthday party. He was like, oh, man, I can't believe I'm wasting this opportunity just based on this, you know. Mm-hmm. So, oh boy, just it's just tough. So, I'm not seeing any huge breaking news. I'm not seeing any big COVID outbreaks in the Browns or Steelers. I gotta say, Joe, as of 11 a.m. on Monday, I'm saying Steelers by 10. What do you think? I'm thinking Steelers by seven. By seven? Okay. And you may be right. It may be 10. Uh, I think it's I think it's more than a it's more than a a field goal, um, but I, I do th- I'm comfortable with the idea that I think the Steelers are going to come out on top. Like we've been saying, uh, last this week the Browns had to show everything that they possibly could show in order to get the win to get into the playoffs. We've seen their playbook. We've seen what they can do. We know what we can stop it reasonably. We know that the the defense is porous enough that our passing game is going to work. I I think we've got a lot of other things figured out on offense. We're going to get a lot of our defensive players back. Uh, I just think we're in a really good position for next week. That doesn't mean it's impossible. The Browns are a professional football team, and I haven't always been able to say that. So it will be a game, but I'm comfortable going into it. Yeah, I'm on that point too. For one and two, I I anything's possible, but I'm looking like if you look logically at this game on Sunday, as much as we want the Sewers to win, when you're not bringing in all your captains, it was unlikely that the Sewers were going to win. You know, what I mean, now, now again, Browns failed because they didn't win by that much at all. But I think you can use the same logic when we look at next Sunday's game. Okay, you've got significant players coming back. I mean, yeah. your top two players in your defense coming back. You got Big Ben coming back. I mean, you've got a solid defender in Terrell Edmonds coming back. I, I think it's a pretty safe bet that you're going to see a significantly different Steelers game. Now, watch. Next Monday, we'll be like, oh, my gosh, what happened here? But, no, I, I feel pretty good it's going to happen. So, let's I don't, think got, I don't think the Browns have anybody who's going to just all of a sudden handle T.J. Watt. Right. If you had this game and just put T.J. Watt in it, as well, uh, uh, Baker's got a much tougher day. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Let's talk about something else. We're part of the Ohioan podcast, um, new podcast we came up with, a daily. And you might say, why are we having a Steelers podcast on an Ohio show? Well, don't. We're the Ohioans that understand. Right. Who we should be rooting for. <laughs> right. Just because you live in Ohio doesn't mean you have to say, oh, what's the professional football team in our state? Oh, there's two. We must like those teams. Bull crap. We don't like the Bengals. We don't like the Browns. We like the Steelers. And it was funny. I was talking to Big Nut the other day. I don't know if you remember Big Nut. It's that big, jolly guy with the big face paint that goes to the Ohio State games. I don't know if you were. Well, we, we had him on the podcast the other day. And I was trying to tell him that, too. I said, Big nut, you've got – look, Ryan Chazier went from Ohio State to Pittsburgh. Cam Hayward went from Ohio State to Pittsburgh. You can like the Buckeyes. You can like the Steelers. It's possible, and you've got good guys to root for. So hopefully Big Nut had a post rooting on the Browns. I had to correct him. I'm like, come on, Big Nut. What's going on with you, bud? So I bring all that up to say, yeah, so that's why we're having a Steelers podcast on the Ohioan network so yeah i can see getting some emails about that it should be good um yeah so i don't know why i brought that up i, I just got very angry and so i can mention that real quick but yeah I, 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 yes and that's why we're talking about the steelers uh but yeah we're daily podcast we'll be back next week and 
you know, we'll tape this Monday. Hopefully we'll uh, put it out on Tuesday. We miss Paul today. Uh, nothing bad's going on. Paul had some personal things to take care of, some more things to take care of. He's going to be out for this week and next. But, Joe, we need to do a podcast after the sewer season ends. So let's, for Paul, say go Steelers and make sure when Paul comes back, we're still talking about a season that's currently coming on because we don't want Paul to miss the rest of the year of, of Steelers podcast right. if they lose this week. So Steelers, we don't like those. Uh, we don't like those season-ending uh, right. uh, injuries or reasons for missing. So right. hopefully he'll be everything will get straightened out, and the Steelers will do well enough, and he'll be back for more podcasts. Yeah. So Steelers out there, if you have no other reason to win this game on Sunday, if you're like, man, I don't know why we should win. Think about Paul Yancheck. <laughs> local pass, local pastor of a, a church in Pittsburgh. So hey, if you're a Steeler fan or if you're a Steeler player out there, say man, I need to go to church out there. Check out Paul's church; it'll be really good. Um, should be fun. Let me mention one other thing. That's kind of yeah. That's why I was talking about the Ohio. Sorry, I lost some mind there for a second. Non-Steelers related because, but it's Ohio based and it's about the NFL. So let's mention this really quick. Uh, news broke over the weekend saying that Urban Meyer was convinced that he's going to be offered the Jacksonville Jaguar head coaching job. And lo and behold, early today, ESPN's reporting that the Jags have fired their head coach, Doug Marone. So no news immediately as of the second on Urban Meyer. He could be the head coach. And I went off on a daily podcast today about that because I'm sitting here when Urban Meyer said he was leaving the Buckeyes. Now, there was a big kerfluffle about a incident with his wide receivers coach. It wasn't reported. There's some domestic situation and everything else. And I know Urban was kind of indignant at the time saying, hey, I shouldn't be disciplined. And he went into a trustees meeting a couple years ago. They almost fired him. And they ended up agreeing on a couple game suspension. That turned out to be his last year as a coach. Now, right. at the end of the year, he said, oh, I have health concerns. I can't come back. And maybe he had health concerns. But if you have health concerns, why are you – interested or saying that you might become the head coach of an NFL team. NFL teams, if you're the Jacksonville Jags, if you're the Steelers, Cowboys, Browns, whatever, it's 20 hours a day during the regular season. What the heck is Urban Meyer thinking? Money. Possible, but why would you be an NFL coach? And why would you be a Jacksonville Jaguar coach? I mean, if, if you're talking about why choose the Jags over any other spot? I mean, I think they're in a good position to be moving forward. Like they've right. got some good pieces and they've got good, they've got first pick. Uh, they're in a decent spot. If you're going to take a, a, a pro gig, I don't know, man. Like it's not like urban Meyer has something to prove maybe to himself that he can do it. His last stint in the NFL wasn't great. Uh, and so you just kind of want to prove to yourself that you this is something you can do as well. You're not just a, one of the top college coaches of all times. You're actually a good professional coach too. So, and maybe different game coaching professionals instead of coaching nineteen year olds. Like it's just a different thing. Yeah. I don't know. Well, let's get back to the second one. We promised to answer questions. We actually have a question from a Facebook user. I guess you want to go anonymous, but that's okay. Uh, he says, do you think the Steelers are the most scary team in the playoffs? I hate to say this, Joe. I got to disagree. I, I, you know, from a Steelers podcast, uh, you would want to say, oh, they're scary. They're ready to go. I'll tell you the team that scares me, the Buffalo Bills. My goodness. Did you see what Buffalo did to Miami yesterday? Yes, but they did it to Miami. Um, not, that Miami's a, not that Miami's a total pushover, but they are also not in the playoffs. Yeah, uh, they're 10 6. I mean, well, I mean, maybe you compare them to the Browns, maybe. But I I, I, it's such a weird season because there are so many teams that are so bad. Their records are so bad. It's the same teams with really bad luck all right. year. And there are a lot of teams who had really good luck this year. And uh, I'll be honest as a Steelers fan, there's several games this year that we won by luck where we looked bad and still won. Um, 
So there's a big discrepancy this year in terms of teams that have really solid records and good numbers who aren't great teams. So, you know, a, a team like Miami beginning of the season, they were, they were awful, um, but put together a, a good run and they have some good positive things about them, but they're not in the playoffs now and the Bills aren't going to be able to run up the score on, uh, on anybody who's in the playoffs now. It's well, going to be more difficult moving forward. We're men of faith. We can't endorse betting or gambling. But if you had to better gamble, if we, if I said, Joe, you must gamble money, and you said, all right, I'll, I'll do it, uh, what team will you put money on to win the AFC? Uh, I wear a bag over my head, and I say – and I put my money down on the Chiefs. Yeah. I hate to say it. I, I'm thinking that way too. They but, just look like – they look like a total package. And I, I think the Bills might be able to play them hard, but I still think – the, the Chiefs are the team to beat in the AFC. Yeah, I I would probably do it to Chiefs. I'm a little bit nervous about the Bills. And that kind of answers the question, too. Who's the most scariest team in the playoffs? Now, I will say, the Steelers, assuming Big Ben's still right, which I don't have any reason to bet that he's not, I think the Steelers can be a scary team in the playoffs. I think they have the potential of making a run. I, I think to answer Facebook user's question, who is the most scariest in the playoffs? I don't think the Steelers qualify as the most scariest, but I think they have the potential of becoming a very scary team. I, I just, right now, I still rank them a little bit behind the Chiefs and Bills, but I, don't be surprised if the Steelers beat the Chiefs and the Bills in the playoffs. I think they have I, the it's right possible. Yeah. I think they have the ability to do that easily. Uh, uh, I think the Steelers have always functioned best as a team that other people uh, uh, underestimate. Uh, I think they have the capacity to outplay their expectations at a lot of different positions, like where they expect, oh, well, they have weakness in the secondary or whatever. But then in big games, the secondary pulls it out and makes the defensive plays that they need to. Uh, I, I just that's, a, that's the way the Steelers play. So thinking them of them as the scariest or the team to beat is not where the Steelers live. Right. right. So I'm okay saying that somebody else might be scarier or somebody else might be the, the one that you would most expect to come out as the victor. I still think the Steelers are in a good position. Well, and looking back at the two times they won the Super Bowl recently in the post-Bradshaw era, you know, one year they were the sixth seed. So technically, they were the underdog in every game, and they ended up winning the Super Bowl. And the other year, I, if I remember right, they were the second seed. They ended up hosting the AFC title game because the one seed got beat. So even though they host the AFC title game, they weren't the outright prohibitive favorites going in, too. So the whole you, you're right. The Steelers are used to not being the, oh, we're the team to beat. You know, everybody look, look out for us. Um, so, yeah, no, I'm I'm feeling good. So thanks for your, your response, Facebook user. I don't know if the Steelers are the scariest team right now, but they could be. You know, wait a couple weeks and we could be like, dang, you know, they're they're playing better because it's possible. The Chiefs, I agree with you. I think they're a complete team, but they really haven't beaten teams that well as of late. And the Bills, the Bills scare me right now. I think Josh Allen's playing out of his mind. I look at the rest of the roster, and I'm not blown away by the running game. No, no, I think their receiving game, you know, Stephon Diggs ate the Steelers alive <laughs> during that game a couple weeks ago, and they've got John Brown back, and I heard they might be bringing Kenny Sill. So it could be a good passing game, but it doesn't scare me the fact that I say, oh, man, they can't, we can't beat them. It's quite possible. Um, the Steelers just – they got to play at the top level of the game. We can't get back into this three-game losing streak we were putting around. If we look what like that at all, we're, we're, this, we're scariest because we just look ugly. Yeah. Let's get back real quick to Urban Meyer thing. Sorry, I got distracted. No I, I did go off this morning uh, about Urban Meyer, and, you know, I don't, I don't want to judge his morality or his, his honesty or anything else. But I'm like, and maybe he's in a better spot now. But, you know, the answer to your question about we're – could he have gone? I mean, I think, you know, he's from Ashtabula, Ohio, kind of east of Cleveland. Um, he's also has ties to Bowling Green. Uh, he has ties to Northeast Ohio. I don't think the Browns get rid of Kevin Stefanski after this year, but there have been a couple times the Browns need a coach. I'm like, wouldn't the Browns would have made more sense? Just based on kind of his interests and everything else. 
But I'm thinking, okay, don't sit there and say, I'm unhealthy, I need to take a break, when a couple years later you become a head coach of an NFL team. You know, again, things change. Maybe he's in better health. Maybe his family's pushing him to do it. Maybe he needs some money. I don't know. But don't come out and yell health concerns. I use the example today. I'd be like, if I walked in and quit my job today, I said, I work one weekend shift. That's too many. I'm not going to work a weekend shift. But then I go take another job where I'll work every weekend. Yeah. My own boss would be like, what? What are you doing here? No, you got to be honest. And that's where my concern is. We have another question, but before we get there real quick, I wanted to also mention, uh, I'm here in the Columbus area, which obviously we're all excited about the Buckeyes. Buckeyes are going to the national title game. There is a rumor that if Urban Meyer doesn't take the job, Jacksonville is going to turn its sights on Ohio State coach Ryan Day. And that has sparked a little bit of a fervor down here because Ohio State's in the national title game. And Ohio State doesn't like losing their coaches. But I made the point, why would Ryan Day leave Ohio State where he's got recruiting class after recruiting class to go to the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, you know, come on. It doesn't make sense. That's true. He hasn't been there that long. And that's such a hard thing to do, being a coach of a Big Ten team, uh, you know, and and to get everything set up. And once you have it set up, you're like, why – would I possibly leave all of that right now? I, I, I don't see, I don't see him leaving. I, I think urban Meyer is going to take the job. Uh, that just makes sense to me. Um, as far as uh, Ohio state in the national championship game, uh, so happy to see it um, sure. deep in my heart. I still root for Ohio state. There was a, a hot second where I thought about going there because I wanted to be in the marching band. Um, but uh, especially living down here, anytime anything yeah. can go well for Ohio State and not for an SEC team, it just makes my heart happy. And I wear that Ohio State gear around and rub it in the nose of pretty much anybody. I love the fact that they were the first winner of the, of the, the first tournament. Uh, yeah. I, I rub all the SEC people's noses <laughs> well, here I can. Uh, yeah, but who won that first? Who was that? All right. It wasn't Emma. Well, and I use the example, too. You know, you look at the death of Ohio and that's always been a plus for them. Well, you think about they had some injuries before they won that, um, you know, playoffs that you were talking about, the first one. Well, they went to a third-string quarterback that no one really ever heard of, but he was good enough, Cardell Jones, to win that title. And you think of Trey um, Sermon um, that, you know, he was, had great freshman year for Oklahoma, had some injuries. He transferred to Ohio state. Wasn't used a ton early in the year. And now Trey Sermon is having a Cardinal Jones like performance from a running back where, Mm -hmm. you know, he had what 300 plus yards against Northwestern, 200 plus yards against Clemson. And I look at Justin Fields. And Justin Fields, I had questions about him being a top quarterback. Uh, people were slotting him at number two behind Trevor Lawrence at the beginning of the year. That went way down in the middle of the year when he had a couple bad games. But, man, after – I mean, he pretty much blew out Trevor Lawrence. I'll play Trevor Lawrence. And if you see a Urban Meyer or a Ryan Day head to Jacksonville, Jacksonville's got the number one pick. Um, I wouldn't be stunned, especially if you have a guy like that going to Jacksonville that – Maybe they draft Justin Fields one, and you know New York always wanted Trevor Lawrence. You know they the Jets could get Lawrence at two. Who knows? Um, I just don't know what they're going to do with Darnold. Yeah, well, and if we can get him for cheap, that could be your backup. I saw Adam Gase is out. Oh, this morning. Yeah. Okay. They let him know that he's out, and the. Guy with the Bengals, I'm sorry, I don't remember his name. What's the new coach of the of the Bengals? Oh, Zach Taylor. Yeah, they, they extended him. Okay. They kept there him around. Go. They assumed they wanted a third season and see what he can do with Burrow and maybe not wreck his knee this time. Well, and I think the Bengals, you know, you fire a ton of coaches. Um, you get <laughs> – it's interesting – Oh, the more coaches you fire, the more money you have to pay. And the Bengals have never been ones to pay a lot of people. So you could probably make an argument that, you know, Taylor should be gone. But if you did not bring in somebody else, you got to pay Zach Taylor and you got to pay somebody else. And I'm not sure. 
I think the Browns are still paying five coaches yes. all at the same time. Well, and you think back on the Cavs, there was a time in their history where they fired Mike Brown. They brought Mike Brown back a little bit later. They fired him. They were literally paying Mike Brown on two expired contracts, you know, from being fired at one right. time. I don't think that's ever happened in sports. It's kind of fascinating there. Um, I got to go pretty soon. I'm up against yeah, a hard I, deadline. I do, actually. But, but our, our friend asked two more questions. Facebook user, much of the same guy or not. Hey, thanks for listening. I know we like to poke fun at you being a Facebook user, but hey, we love listeners. We love people that actually ask questions. We address this earlier. Let's briefly talk about this. Uh, will Dobbs play in the playoffs? Do we use him for three or four downs? And then he also had another question similar. Would the sewage bring three quarterbacks with him Sunday night? We talked about it. I think it's a fascinating question going into Sunday. I think Dobbs brings in a definite new look. I think the students have struggled at their short um, offense. Um, with their struggles in their running game. Steelers have had some trouble at the goal line offense. But, like Joe mentioned, you know, <clears throat> one, Tom doesn't like to dress three quarterbacks for one. And two, we need all the bodies that we can get <laughs> with the uh, the injuries on defense and everything. So I think it's tempting. And I think if he could get away with it, he can. I think the big question is, can he get away with it? And we're not sure if he can or not. Yeah, he kind of hinted at it. So I wouldn't be surprised if he did it. I don't think that he would. I don't think that he should. I don't think that I would. Uh, right. But um, but he kind of hinted at that. So if he's if if he isn't just playing psychological games with the coaching staff of the Cleveland Browns, then it's possible. Yeah. And if he's there, he they have to use him. Like there's there's not there's no really no playing around. If they're gonna bring him, they have a reason, and they wanna they wanna throw him in there for a couple of plays and get a couple of different looks. And for the guy to answer the question, I think the fascinating thing, and I don't necessarily see this happening. Um, yeah, he just asked a question, would they sit Mason down and put Josh in it too? I wouldn't bet a lot of money that would happen, but that's a way that you can get around it where you, you don't dress three quarterbacks. You dress two quarterbacks, it'd be Ben and Josh Dobbs. The trick is what happens if Ben goes down? And right. I, I don't know. It, it's a fascinating question, and I think it's going to – it's going to be interesting, and maybe this is the game you fill around with and try it because I think, you know, assuming you get by the Browns, you play the Bills, well, probably the Bills, assuming the Bills win their first playoff game, and, hey, you need everything you can. So it's a risk. It'll be interesting to see if it's a risk to see what take. I think it might be something you look at, and maybe you take that chance and put Josh in at number two and don't dress Mason. But, man, what happens if Ben goes out and <laughs> Josh – yeah, Josh is a fast guy. I don't know if I would trust Josh the third 50 times. <laughs> but, hey, the way the Browns' defense is, Josh Dobbs might throw for 400 yards. So, you know. Mm-hmm. All right, well, Joe, it's been good. I really appreciate it. Uh, check our podcast. Like I said, I'd like to save this for a day, but knowing the NFL news how crazy it turns – this podcast could be obsolete in the next five minutes. So we made the post this afternoon. Uh, but, yeah, check us out next week. We'll be Paulless, but go Steelers so we can bring Paul back during the season. It should be good. But, Joe, as always, thanks for stopping by. Let's chat for a second after we close. But thanks for checking out the Steelers podcast. And, oh, one other news. We're part of the Ohioan. You need to go to the Ohioan to subscribe. And you might be saying, how do I subs- subscribe? We are on eight different podcast catches right now. So if you subscribe to the podcast anywhere, we're probably on there. We just got on iTunes this morning. Okay, again, sorry, I'm old. Apple Podcasts. It used to be iTunes, now it's Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify, Stitcher, uh, Google Cast, Pocket Cast, a bunch of other places. Check us out. Now, Sewers Podcasts are only once a week. We're not doing the sewage podcast when the season ends, but there's a bunch of other fun stuff going on. Uh, we are talking with Joe about staying around and Paul staying around where we can talk about some fun stuff. So even though it may not be Steelers specific once the season ends, we're going to hang out and have a good time. So check us out, subscribe, join our Patreon page. Lots of cool stuff going on. Well, Joe, it's been real. I appreciate it. Let's stick around for a second. Have a great day, everyone. Thanks for listening in. Here we go.